Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Coming up with Manza coach Mark Rommerall confirmed as Velrec's new manager for next season. We'll hear from their chairman Jody Bisson about what's going on at Corbett Field. Yes, okay, you can probably see that Velrec and Manza may have not looked as particularly close allies with what's happened in the past. But actually what you had is you've got driven people who want to improve football in Guernsey. It's just that we had different objectives at different clubs. What we've now done is those people with that drive are now actually working together. It's a really, really exciting time for everyone. We'll also look back at the weekend action and preview a very busy week across league and cup football. I'm Tony Kerr and with me this week is Gareth Neprevo. Hi, Tony. Great to see you, Gareth. Just a couple of games to look back on briefly from the weekend. Sylvan's got back to winning ways uh, at home against Alderney 4-1. It finished there. And in the weekend's other game, it was Rovers 1, Bells 1, which is where you were. Talk us through that one. Well, it was... um... Typically a windy day at Portsmouth, even though it was a lovely day in its own way, it was still pretty windy. And uh, um, to be fair, because of the wind, and it was a very firm pitch as well. And sort of in with the, the way the, the light footballs are these days, it was very rarely in play. I think the person who had the most touches on the day was um, John Rioy, who's um, Dave's dad, came down to watch the game. And because of the direction of the wind, it's sort of like there's only myself and John on one side of the pitch with the sun on their backs and he had to go and continually fetch the ball. So he, I think he had the most touch of anybody on the day. Um, yeah, Rovers took the lead through Niall Hainsworth um, uh, pretty early on. It was a good goal, very well taken, actually cutting in from the left and sort of curling it into the top corner. And to be fair, they probably should have scored a couple more in the first half. Um, uh, Bell's keeper Nick Oja made a couple of important saves late on in the half. Uh, and then Bells managed to get an equaliser very soon after half-time. Mark McGrath with a free kick that um, I think he sort of wrong-footed the keeper. Well, pretty much wrong-footed everyone at the ground. I, I was expecting him to try and sort of knock it in the, in the top right corner as he looked at it. And it ended up in the bottom left. So, um, yeah, um, that got Bells back on level terms. And, and they kept working really hard, to be fair. They were missing quite a few peop- uh, players. Um, Rovers were missing some as well, but um, I, I think certainly out of the two coaches, Stu Simon would have been uh, much happier with the point. I think Kevin Gillies would have felt that there was a, that was a couple of points dropped from the chances they created on the day. Yeah, in terms of how it leaves things in the table, Sylvan's now nine points behind Rovers in third uh, with two games in hand. So, uh, yeah, still a little bit to play for um, for Sylvan's this season and Rovers very much looking over their shoulders. Further afield, Pretty tough uh, day at the office for GFC. Um, 4-0, they lost at Chertsey. Another defeat against another side who are right up there towards the uh, the top of the table. The second place, in fact, Chertsey. So, uh, yeah, certainly no shame in uh, being beaten by, by them at the weekend, but not much to enjoy by the sounds of it. No, it was... Um... It was one of those unfortunate situations where, having spoken to Tony Vance on Friday, he was so pleased that he actually had a squad to select from and he could narrow down a squad for a trip away, which is very unusual for him. And then sort of on the day, everything that could go wrong seemed to go wrong. I know there was some incidents with lost luggage and then um, motorway tailbacks and the, the players ended up walking the last sort of few hundred metres to the ground because they couldn't get there. It was a delayed kickoff. And um, yeah, judging by sort of everything I've seen and heard from from that, that game, Chertsey were sort of full value for their four nil win. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a tough sort of week or so for GFC in terms of playing sides in the top six who are all chasing um, playoff places. So 
Um, they've got one more away game on Tuesday night and then they've got the, the luxury of five home games, which I'm sure um, Tony Vance will be thoroughly looking forward to. Yeah, it's been a brutal schedule. It really has over the last um, couple of months. That was their seventh game in March and we, we, we still got a couple of days left of the month uh, and they'll squeeze one more in. Well, I think that out of the seven games they've played so far this month, I think six of them were against top seven sides so it's been it has been a real ordeal for GFC and um, yeah they will be looking forward to some home comforts in, in April for yeah sure. absolutely um, right well that's just a, a quick look back at what happened over the weekend coming up next we'll be uh, hearing from Velrec president Jody Bisson all about what's going on at Corbett Field Right, a big announcement from Verrec last week. We heard that Mark Romrell, the Manza coach, uh, will be taking over the Prio side at Corbett Field um, from next season. Obviously, this follows um, Manza's uh, folding as a Prio outfit, and I'm sure there'll be uh, more news to come on uh, where some of the players and backroom staff uh, from Manza end up playing their football trade next season. But yes, it's certainly an appointment that's um, that's got everyone at the Corbett Field feeling pretty positive by the sounds of things. Yeah, you, I certainly wondered when I heard that Manza would wouldn't be entering a side in the Premier League whether Mark Romwell might decide to take sort of a bit of time out of the game because it's um, he's put in so much into that project and um, he's done so much for Manzer, he, um, very dedicated man. But obviously the um, just the lure of the Corbett field, he used to be a Vale Rec player of course and um, just obviously the excitement of everything that's going on there and, and how Jody Bisson would have sold it to him. Um, means that um, he's straight back into a, another job and I'm sure he's looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a very up and down season for Valrec um, in terms of the Premier League. Uh, they sit seventh, um, just four wins from 20 games. Um, but certainly uh, with this appointment, um, they'll be looking up and and Mark Romerill himself said that he wants to get Valrec challenging near the top of the Premier League again in that position. And uh, certainly it sounds like from what uh, Jody Bisson um, has been telling us that there's uh, a lot of positivity around um, down there at Corbett Field in terms of what's coming through the system and, and um, yeah, the, the kind of weight of numbers uh, that the club will uh, hopefully in the next couple of years be able to enjoy um, at all levels. Um, well, let's hear what Jody Bisson, the Varick chairman, had to say when he came in to talk to us a little earlier on. I began by asking him just how pleased they are uh, to have appointed Mark Romwell as their new manager for next season. Uh, as a club and, and as a person, absolutely delighted. Um, as I say, he's done a tremendous amount of work with Manza. That has reached its end of its life, effectively, from where he wants to go and what he wants to achieve. So for us to turn around and excite Romers with our plans that we've got coming through, it's, it's, a, it's a massive massive bonus for the club and, and what we've got coming up in the future. Yeah, and obviously he played at Velrec, um, yeah, a, a few years ago. Was it a conversation that you initiated or did, did he come to you when it looked like Manza weren't going to continue? <laughs> He thought the conversation was going to be a sort of to chat about referees or something or, some, or some, something that had just come out from the GFLM that you thought I wanted to have a chat. But actually, no, I just got straight to the point and turned around and said, what are your plans? I wanted to find out what he was wanting to do. And he said he was really, really keen to stay involved with football, but he wasn't sure. And yeah, I kind of sprung it on him and said, what's your thoughts of Valrec Prio? And he asked me if I was serious. Um, I said, deadly, carry on, yes, <laughs> really want you to get involved. Um, and yeah, and we then just spent a bit of time just exploring what we were trying to do with football. And yes, OK, you can probably see that Valrec and Manza may have not looked as particularly close allies <laughs> with what's happened in the past. But actually what you had is you've got 
driven people who want to improve football in Guernsey. It's just that we had different objectives at different clubs. What we've now done is those people with that drive are now actually working together. And it's absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, when you look at it, the sum of the parts, I mean, far exceeds, well, what we now as a total far exceed the sum of the parts that we were before. So it's a really, really exciting time for everyone. So go on then, Jody. How did you sell it to him? <laughs> you started the conversation pretty obvious. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Ron's, I mean, he's he's been, he came through Valrec. He's, he's played many, and until his Manza project started to really kick off, he was Valrec player uh, and came all the way through. So... For me, it was, he, he obviously already had an affinity with the club. I chat to him occasionally. His son's at Minis at Valrec. So you could see that, actually, he's keen of following his son through the football side of things. And it was really just explaining to him the project that we started, really between myself, Craig Tyrrell and Brian Tyrrell, about coming up nearly 10 years ago, when we looked at where Valrec was and where we wanted it to be. Um, and then we were probably sl- struggling slightly from our mini section and into our youth section. Um, and so we took it upon ourselves to start coaching from the ground up to follow a group of players through, as I say, my group now started at reception age and they're now under 15, moving into under 16 next year. Craig and Brian's group of the year below me. We've then got Darren Sylvester and his team following up behind them. So we've really sort of worked hard to create this strong minis and now building into the youth section at Valrec and explaining to to Mark that actually Craig's got a lot that he still wants to do with the club, but he wants to make sure that he's there when Riley's coming through in a few years' time and he's at under-13s now. Um, And there are other projects that we've got going on that he wants to get involved in. So if somebody was keen and wanted to take on the Prio mantle, then he'd be keen to support them. Um, and so, yeah, so I said to Romans, I said, look, we've got a bit of a project here. This is now we've got all of these great kids that are coming through and it's not just about winning leagues, etc. We've got really good numbers of social footballers. And, and that's one thing that we, we noticed that we were aligned at very, very early on was that when you come into minis football at the moment, minis football is 100% social football. We have fantastic numbers across all of the clubs and it's brilliant. If you go down, you can't help but smile when you see these festivals and the kids, they're coming away with their hot dogs afterwards. Then at the age of 12, you then reach this point that, hold on, that social element's gone. We're now playing for a league. We've got to go and win a league. And people's psyche of how they look at football changes And then you get this big fall away from around about 12, 13 years old where they just drop away because you had all these kids that just loved playing football. And now it's a case of, oh, we've got to win this game. You might get five, ten minutes. It it just changes the psyche. And and chatting with Roms, we said the most important part with football in Guernsey is that it's 80% social football and it's 20% competitive. And you need to make sure that you're looking after that social element who really bring the club forward, they create the environment that you want it to be to allow that top 20% to actually achieve more than what they would if they were just left to their own devices without the 80% supporting them. So we had this really good alignment and and it was quite funny speaking with Romers, it was a case of his frustration was with Manza is that he'd taken it about as far as he possibly could and he did a brilliant job with them. But then he was like, my players are now getting older and I don't have a youth 
team coming through to pick them up. And to him, it was the excitement of actually, I want to see youth players coming up through. But it's not just those ones that are going to go through into Priya and potentially push through into GFC. It's actually looking at those other players that will play railway football and just enjoy playing football because the more numbers we have involved with football, the better for every single club on the island. Because certainly at the moment, um, it's been a bit of a pitch point, hasn't it, um, this season at senior level. But uh, yeah, is the, the sense that you're sort of on the cusp of actually being able to kind of fill three? That's, that's exactly where it is at the moment, yeah. So we, we've probably got a two to three year period now where we've got such strong youth sort of squads, effectively. I'm not going to call them their, their squads because I've got 25 at under 15. I know there's 24 at under 14, we've got 30 under 30. We've got really good, strong numbers coming through that it's a case of actually bringing someone like Romers in now with his pull that he has on players. As I say, Craig and Brian still staying involved with Vale Rec. We've just created this sort of to help us through these next couple of years, really, to, to bring people in to turn around and, and be part of what should be a really, really exciting time for the club. And when you sort of met with Romers, do you, with that sort of thing in mind, do you actually sort of set any specific targets or anything like that, or is it just a case of this is a project? It's very difficult to set, because personally for myself, I wouldn't want to turn around and say, right, Romers, I want you to come in and in two years' team time, I want you to win the Prio. Because then if you win the Prio, where do you go from there? So for us, the project as it is, is to create something sustainable. And so we want to create something where we, for a sustained period, we're competing at the top of the Prio for Valrec. We're growing the social side. We've got a fantastic clubhouse. Not many people know that we've got our big projector screen with HD and we've got the live football in there. Even our canteen, we've invested in espresso so you can get your cappuccinos. It's not just in a plastic cup and a bit of instant coffee. We've we've invested in all of those areas. We've invested in the pitch. I mean, if I look at it over the last two, three years, the equipment and the pitch, we've probably invested just over £50,000 in that pitch to look after it, to get it where people say, Valrec have got the best club pitch on the island. And it's something that we're proud of. And, and I know it's something that Romers is really keen to then entice players to train and play on the facilities that we have at the Corbett field. Yeah, is that something that's as important as, as who you can get through the, the, the door and who you can get into a dressing room? But it, that whole setup, it makes it an appealing place to to, to both yeah play your football, but also kind of go and support your, your friend relation. Yeah, no, exactly. So, so yes, the, the facilities in their own right aren't going to just pull people in the door. And it's, it's one of the conversations that uh, Roms and I had a completely open conversation about it. He said, well... What are the problems with Vale Rec? And one of the problems that Vale Rec is it does have this stigma that we're a bit of a clique and we don't bring people into the club. We just turn around and sort of grow our own wood and, and that's it. We don't look outside of it. And that isn't the case at all, which is part of the reason going to speak to Rommers to bring him into the club. And actually, yes, we want what we really want is like minded people who want to further themselves playing football, enjoy their football and be part of something that's really, really enjoyable and fun to be part of. Yeah, it's funny you say that about sort of like you might be seen as a clique at Valrec, but I've certainly in my time at the press, I've always found Valrec probably arguably 
the most open and honest club I deal with with the Premier League. I mean, does that perhaps sometimes hold you back that sort of some people at Vale Rep perhaps just say it as it is? And perhaps sometimes people want the pat on the back sort of thing. And I would want people to be open and honest all day long. Yeah. If, and if I'm honest, I turn around, I've got a very, very open dialogue. The likes of Ben up at Ben Hunter, up at Saints, we speak very frequently. I turn around, we're chatting about the pitches, trying to help each other. Um, I've turned around, I've helped Sylvans with the Football Foundation grants, turned around and told them what they had to do to get the grants. And, and to me, it's... I don't see it like the old days where we're competing against... Do you know what? For 90 minutes, particularly at Prio, for 90 minutes, do you know what? We want to win that game. We are competing. Hell for leather, we really want to go and win that game. The whistle goes. We're all friends. Do you know what? I want all of the facilities in Guernsey to grow and to develop and to get better because actually that's going to entice more people towards sport, towards the football. Because, I mean, we, we as football have enough competition from other sports that we don't need to be creating ourselves problems by competing against each other so for example like the floodlight side of things there where we've all got together that's brilliant they're talking about getting the equipment together absolutely i think this is great this is what the conversations that we need to be having to try and improve football for guernsey and you mentioned the you know, the drive um, that that Romers um, and others showed at that Manza project, um, and uh, you know obviously it, it sort of it did its job you know for its time and for those people. But do you think Guernsey football will be in a better place for having one less Guernsey Prio side? And, and actually, when you can take Romers and put him in in charge of the Prio side at, at Vorek and a few of those players go somewhere else and somewhere else. I'm slightly biased, and I'm definitely going to say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but honestly, I don't think where we are at the moment, there are sufficient numbers with GFC where it is. And, and look at GFC because they had their delayed start. They're having to pull on more players. There isn't enough players to have that extra team in the league. And I actually think by Manza effectively stepping away, Roma's coming to us, hopefully bringing as many as players that he can with him to us that actually takes a relatively weaker Prio team into a far stronger Prio team. So we will be looking to be competing and actually those games then become more competitive. So I think the league will be better for it with everything that's going on at the moment, one less team. In the fullness of time, if our wider project succeeds and we start bringing all of these kids through and they actually stay within... Um, football and they come through from minis all the way through to seniors is that we may well then need to have another team in the Prio but at this moment in time I honestly believe it's probably a very good thing to happen for Guernsey football. How would you sort of sum up your your Prio league season this season because I mean, it's funny I've, I've only seen Rex sort of live a couple of times you beat North one time, which basically finished their title hopes. Um, seen you against Saints and you competed well for sort of first half, or whatever it was. Um, and yet you sort of look at the table and it doesn't look great. It's one of those. <laughs> when we're good, we're really good. <laughs> when, we're, when we're not so good, we're really not so good. <laughs> um, so, and, and yeah, I, I turn around, I speak regularly with Craig and the. If it was for the effort that Craig and Brian put in, we would be, we'd have beaten Saints to the title this year. I mean, their effort that they put in is absolutely phenomenal. We've been hampered by some injuries, by 
players' lack of availability. And it's that struggle to actually get players regularly together, sort of playing in a regular team, is that if you look at sort of the likes of North, they, they do get regular teams out. Saints get a regular team out. If we could have that regular team out with the regular training, I, there's no reason whatsoever with the team that we've got at the moment, we wouldn't have been higher up the table. So I don't look at the table at the moment and go, oh no, things are in a really bad way. I sit there and I look and go, do you know what? There's something we can do here. There's something that we can do to, to improve this. And, and as I say, the players are really sort of rallying together. I mean, I've got to say Glenn Letizia this year has been absolute standout, not just a standout player, but a standout Valrec person for everything that he does behind the scenes. I'm really, really pleased for him that, that the rewards he got for GFC, that, that goal that he scored meant the world to him. And, and I'm absolutely delighted that that happened because he's, he's deserved that because he is always behind the scenes trying to put the extra effort into If he can't play GFC, he's immediately the first. I'm, I'm available, I can play, I'm going to be there. And I've seen him, I mean, it's my Sunday mornings, I go down, um, my wife and the children go to church and, and I go to Corbett Field to go and fix divots. So I'm often, <laughs> I'm often seen there between the hours of 10 and about half 12 on a Sunday morning, just walking the pitch. And actually the only other person I've really seen down there is Glenn. If, if he hasn't had the minutes, he'll turn up and he'll go and put he'll do a training session down there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of delighted for him. And, and I can see if we can get more of that coming together with all of these kids that we've got coming through following that kind of mentor, effectively, is that it puts us in a really, really good place. And how do you see Guernsey football as a whole, you know, as we're sort of coming towards the business end of this season, hopefully putting the pandemic behind us? Um, yeah, GFC sort of back in action and, and I suppose in the, in the throes of another sort of long slog of a, a sort of spring. Um, yeah, do you think things are generally moving in a really positive direction? Oh, that's a good question about Guernsey football where it is at the moment. There are some very, very positive areas in, in Guernsey football at the moment. I think our minis festivals, the numbers that we have there, that's really, really positive. The number of players that are coming through, the sort of the lower youth leagues are good and, and it's really strong areas that Guernsey football is really starting to struggle from is volunteers we're, we're really struggling from a volunteer standpoint I mean I to, to give you an idea when in the first lockdown I actually had a look at the Corbett field as say sort of Marola's chairman I was looking actually where is Vale Rec and I worked out with all of our coaches, with the people that help in the canteen, um, to all of the committee members. We've got 69 volunteers that make Vale Rec tick. I worked out we need really 84 so that we don't have that pressure. And when you think of the several hundred players that we've then got within that, I sort of thought, this is actually quite a big organisation that I run <laughs> in my spare time. <laughs> And nobody gets paid. And, and as I say, but there's something far bigger than that because people are doing it because they, they love the sport and they love football. But so there's a volunteer piece that I can see it's the same faces that I'm seeing that are doing things and they're having to help out do the teams, do the pitches. And we do need to remodel how Guernsey football works from a volunteer standpoint because there are more, quite rightly, edicts coming down from GFA. The safeguarding of children is absolutely paramount. But that brings further work and further pressures to us as a club who are already relying on volunteers. So there, there's a real, there's a sort of a move to try and 
and I think if we can get more people as they're coming through, as the parents are coming through, get them involved and just picking up a little bit, that would help Guernsey football massively. I think the real issue that Guernsey football's moving into, that the biggest headache that nobody's really spoken about, is referees. Um, and as my own personal opinion, I think the players carry quite a lot of the, that responsibility. Um, I've always been of the stance, I was probably one of the worst ones when I was a player, but as I've sort of matured, I suppose, is that you realise that actually they're, they're there and without them, we can't have a game of football. They're doing the best they possibly can. And until you've actually tried refereeing a game, you don't realise... It's really easy to referee a game as a player. Really, really easy. You never get a wrong decision. You get everything right. As a referee, it's a completely different story. And and I can see that we're really starting to struggle with the referees, the numbers of referees. And if you look, we've got these extra youth players coming through. There's potentially more games. There's talking about that. There's talks about the clubs don't. Some of the clubs don't like the fact that it's one team per youth league. They want, well, you're going to increase the number of games. Where, where are these referees coming from? And that, for me, I think is an area where we all as clubs need to come together and actually find a solution for that. Because without the referees, we don't have the football. And where I was saying before is I think the behaviour towards referees is it's nowhere near as bad as Jersey. But I think we could improve our behaviours towards referees. And it's something I've always encouraged the kids that I'm growing up with as they're growing up, say, respect the referee's decision. Don't scratch out, scream shout at him. If you're not, don't agree. Just have a conversation. And I've always turned around and said, until you've had a laugh and a joke three times, you can't have a go at the ref. Because actually, if you make it an enjoyable experience for the referees, more people will want to get involved with refereeing. We can then cater for these games. But I think that's a real area that we need to, to look at in the coming months. Yeah, how urgently is, is that an issue that needs addressing? Well, we're looking now... Um, I'd say it's most weekends. Uh, it, the issue we have is that COVID was great for Guernsey football because nobody could leave the island, nobody could go on holiday, nobody could go away. People wanted to be outside doing something. So we saw this big bounce in numbers and people were available. We're now seeing that through injuries, etc., and there's various... Regularly, you're seeing emails come out on a Friday night saying these two Prio games haven't got a linesman. So if you're saying that we can't have linesmen for Prio games, I think that's where it slightly devalues the Guernsey football product at that top level because we need to have those independent referees and referees' assistants. So I can see it's creeping in there. And you look at we're still catching up with some games. We lost them for the weather and the, the, lock, the brief lockdown that we had is that people go on holiday. So when we hit the Easter holidays... I'm desperate to go away. I've been away for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everybody else is the same, is that when you start throwing into the fact that people can now leave the island, I think there's a bit of a looming problem coming our way. <laughs> yeah, that we need an Easter break. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. well it, it's almost going to be yeah. the point that I can see that we will really struggle for referees in those periods. Just Just looking at the logic of the situation that we have, we're struggling now. We've now got to go through the school holidays, etc. When people do generally go away, um, what's going to happen then? I just changed tack slightly. I'll just sort of go back slightly on what you were saying about Glenn Letitia and sort of what he's been up to this season, what have you, and also sort of perhaps your kids moving up into the GFC. One, 
You personally, you were a very dedicated footballer. You played many Marathi. Would, would you have liked to have had the, a shot at the GFC experience when you were playing? 100%. Of course I would have done. <laughs> well, I thought you would have done of course, it. Of I'm not going to say anything else. It would be like. And, and this is why... Uh, this is part of the sort of the attraction for Romans as well is that we're not turning around and saying you're going to come play for Varavik. We don't want you involved, Jesse. That at the end of the day is the pinnacle of a local footballer's career, effectively in Guernsey. That that is the highest level that you can play at in Guernsey. Why would we want to turn around and stop people having access to that? To me, that is the point that we want those great players. We want them to have access. I think we can all work a little bit harder to turn around and try and find a way that the clubs can actually support it better and GFC can support the clubs better, particularly with these sort of youngsters coming through. But I'm, I absolutely, I'd have been involved at GFC. My wife would have hated me. I'd have never been engaged. No, I know. Having known you for many years, it's something. If you'd have done it, you'd have put 100% into it, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And enjoyed it. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better. And, and, and I, can, I can still see it. I mean, there's nothing more that I enjoyed as a player than those away trips and lots and lots of fond memories. I played football with some very, very big characters um, that made those trips very, very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Having been on a couple with you, I know that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just finish off, you've got a. a GFA Cup game at the weekend uh, down at the Corbett Ford. You were mentioning, um, you know, the work you've put in to the facilities down there. I mean, looking back at that final last season, I mean, that, that was a fantastic occasion. Great match and, and, and a great backdrop uh, really showed off what you've done there very well. Um, looking forward to that fixture. Yeah, no, and I know the players are as well. Um, they, they've turned around and they're, they're really wanting to make an effort because for them the season isn't over. And exactly as Gareth was saying before, is that when he's seen us play, when we put in a performance, we can really play. So for us, I know they're working really hard. They also know that for Craig and for Brian, they're wanting to give something back to them. So I think it's really exciting. We've got a couple. Of, we've got a cup game this weekend, followed by a cup game the following weekend. So there's still silverware to play for. At the end of the day, that's that's why people play at that level. You want to win things. You, you want to be up there competing. So I'm very, very enthused and looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks very much for coming in and uh, having a, a chat. It's been really enjoyable. And we'll, uh, well, we'll obviously be following your progress very closely, but we'll come and uh, catch up with you soon. Yeah, definitely. No, thanks very much. Really enjoyed it. Verrek President Jody Bisson speaking to me and Gareth there. Really interesting chat, um, pretty wide-ranging, and I think we're going to have to get him back on again because uh, there's lots more to get into with him. Yeah, he's a, he's a cracking lad, Jody, and he's certainly not not short of um, uh, opinions. And just it's, it's just great to hear someone with that enthusiasm. You know, he's just... He's a, he's a sportsman through and through. I mean, I, I used to play a bit of cricket against him in the summers, but, it, I mean, football was always his sort of first love. And um, he was a, a very good goalkeeper in his time, obviously played many in Marathi. But um, now he just seems to be, I mean, he's, he's putting his heart and soul into Valrec, and uh, but he just seems to be enjoying the, the whole um, challenge of being um, sort of the head of their football section down there and um, just what the future holds for him. He's, he's, he's very positive about everything that's going on down down at the Corbett Field. Yeah, great stuff. Just finally, let's have a look ahead to what's coming up this week. It is a particularly busy week um, in terms of GFC and domestic action. Um, as you mentioned before, uh, the Green Lions go to um, South 
Park in the Ismin South Central on Tuesday night. In the pre-league that same night, St Martins against Manza. Um, and also in the Stranger Cup semi-final, Sylvans taking on uh, Guernsey's under-18s at the track. So that should be a really interesting one. Obviously, uh, the under-18s not winning um, their Marathi ever in Jersey this year, but certainly gone well in this cup competition so far. And um, yeah, a, a really in- intriguing contest down there. Well, they're the one side to have beaten Saints, aren't they, I think, this season? So the, the under-18s are obviously a very capable side. I, th- I, I saw sort of um, their junior Marathi via the uh, TV TV, as he called it, Tony Mance's <laughs> Twitter feed. And um, they gave a decent account of themselves. I mean, they, they lost to a couple of late goals deep into extra time. So I don't, I don't think um, they certainly, certainly uh, gave a good show of themselves over there. And... Uh, I mean, I'd probably you'd have to make them sort of favourites going against Sylvan. Sylvan's a very good side, but um, the under 18s having got through sort of with two good wins, um, yeah, I think I think they'll they'll fancy their chances of getting through to the final. And and whoever they meet there, North and Rovers, who play on Wednesday night, um, you know, the under 18s might well just be favourites for the whole competition. Yeah, it'd be quite spectacular. Um, as you say, North Rovers uh, in the other semi-final Wednesday night. Um, that one's at Blanche Pierre Lane. Both of those semi-finals. At 7.30 kickoffs. Um, then at the weekend, um, pretty busy all round again. It's uh, Rangers against Manza in the Premier League at St Andrews. Um, we've got a Jeremy Cup tie down at Portsmouth. Rovers hosting Grooville in a midday kickoff. Um, then, as we mentioned with Jody, uh, Valrec hosts North in the FA Cup at a two o'clock kickoff. Uh, while Rockane Pirates, um, who knocked out Manza in the previous round, they host Bells at St. Peter's on Saturday afternoon. So another one that should be uh, quite interesting um, to follow. Um, over in Jersey, it's Saints against St. Juan in the Wee Way Cup. A chance for Saints to uh, to make an impact in inter-island football as um, I think is their want as the season progresses, having now wrapped up the Premier League. And on Sunday, we've got GFC taking on Ashford um, down at Foots Lane. A two o'clock kickoff, that one. Ashford sitting just a place above GFC in the table. So, yeah, after an arduous few weeks for the Green Lions, um, I'm sure that'll be a game that they'll be looking forward to and uh, potentially claiming um, all three points if things go their way. Um, yes, yeah, we be pretty busy. Are you going to get to any of those, guys? Um, I'm hoping to. I mean, it's a very busy weekend, actually, overall, because the Raiders have got a big game in rugby as well. But uh, now uh, I think it's, it's really exciting, I think, to actually have these the Inter-Ireland Cup games um, back and just not really knowing how strong the Jersey opposition are, but just great that um, Rovers get the chance to host Screwville. And, um, yeah, I think St Martins, having now wrapped up the league, I'm sure they'll be looking to add plenty more silverware before the season's out. So they'll... Um, They'll certainly relish the chance to go away and play some ones in the wee way. And um, also, I'm just, it'd be really interesting to see how um, Rockane Pirates get on in their, in their FA Cup um, tie, which is, I think, quarter-final stage, isn't it now? So they, they, could be, um, they could be pushing to the last four on Saturday, and um, I'm sure they'll be giving it a good go. Yeah, and by all accounts, uh, the beautiful sunshine that we enjoyed um, over the last few days will have disappeared by then, and we we'll, might be getting some bitter wins. So... Um, wrap up warm uh, whichever games you're going to over the, the rest of the week and into next weekend of course as ever the best place to follow all uh, will be in the pages of the Guernsey Press um, the very best local football coverage found there we'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press football podcast and in the meantime do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport on Facebook Twitter and Instagram uh, for updates and more coverage throughout the week cheers Gareth cheers Tony cheers Tony